This is your other brother's podcast. It's like running through an open door. It's like finding what you're looking for. We've been waiting. We won't wait no more. We got a beautiful story. Every morning, on and on. We got a beautiful story. And we've only just begun. The best is yet to come. Welcome home, friends. To your other brother's podcast, we are a community navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. From a now very summery Jewel of the Blue Ridge, what's up everybody? My name is Tom. I'm so glad to be here and I'm so glad that we are back. Um, joining us today from the other side of the state, I don't know if it's summery over there, I actually think it's kind of rainy from what was told earlier. Um, it's from the City of Oaks, our other brother, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hello, everyone. Yes, it is raining on and off here, so I'm going to apologize in advance <laughs> for any sad, rainy noises you might hear in the background behind my voice. <laughs> I will do my best to edit out the rain, but you know me, I love the rain. We got to have a little bit of rain. A little bit of rainy dispositions are fine here and welcome here. Um, it's good to have you, Ryan. And coming at us from the handprint of God, of Michigan. It's our other brother, Ben. What's up, Ben? Hey, Tom. It's always good to be here. It's 80, or it was 80 yesterday here too, so nice and warm. Yeah, we had mid-70s here in the Blue Ridge. It was a fantastic, fantastic day. Um, you guys, this is our first <laughs> Yobcast in several months. It's been a while. It's been a couple months. Several is excessive. I think it's just been like two. Um, and it's good to be back. We had a nice little break, which I'm about to explain. If this is your first Yobcast, welcome. Welcome to the magic. And if you've been around and you've been waiting for and wondering where we've been, um, we just had a retreat. We had a virtual retreat a few weeks ago as of this recording. So a lot of my personal energy and a lot of other brothers' energy um, was going into that. And that was really fun. And after the retreat, I went on a solo retreat and I went to Seattle and the Olympic National Park and Mount Rainier. And I just had a grand old time um, getting off the grid, getting into nature, and and now we're back. And now it's like I've gotten back, I've gotten acclimated, um, and I'm ready, ready, ready to go to continue a little bit of a schedule with a twist because this is something we've never done before. And I'm gonna I want to lay it out right now. Today we're talking about something that we've referenced I I don't know how many times, dozens probably at this point. Um, it's something that I personally love and kind of geek out and nerd out on. And I'm so delighted that others in our community have as well. I, indeed, I am not alone. I am not alone in my love for the Enneagram. And so today, it's just one of those things, like why have we never done an episode on the Enneagram? I don't know, it's just something we've never done. And now we're doing it. We're talking about the Enneagram, which is a personality system that has was all, was all the rage in Christian circles years ago. And it's probably, you could probably search your podcast feed um, and Google Enneagram and find dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of especially Christian centric Enneagram podcasts. It's like the thing out there. You can, there's, there's a whole bunch. And you, if you, anyone out there is listening and you want your, want my favorites, I can, I can shoot you a, a list of my, some of my favorite Enneagram podcasts. But this is something I've been wanting to do as 
um, somebody planning these episodes and figuring out what we want to talk about or what we what haven't we talked about yet. This is something that I've wanted to explore for a while now, and I kind of did. I have I have a group here in Asheville, and I kind of did this. They were like my guinea pigs. They were my experiment. I did this group a couple months ago called the Enneagram and Sexuality, where we all went around the circle, told about our Enneagram types, talked about our passions, our vices, um, our times of security, our times of stress, and specifically exploring the Enneagram through the lens of our sexuality, through the realm of masculinity, how we relate and how we connect with other men. Um, it was kind of fascinating and it gave me enough. I was like, there's enough here to warrant doing a podcast. I was, I felt like there already was, but they were my, they were my guinea pigs, my guinea bros. And now we're doing, now we're doing it. And so the way this is going to work, this is something we've never done before. We're going to have a regular old Yogcast today, you know, something about an hour in length. And we'll talk about the Enneagram and our relationships with it. We put some feedback out to our Yabbers community. So thank you to the Yabbers for answering the questions and giving us some things to chew on. Um, and then what's going to happen for the next two months? Um, there's not going to be any new Yabcasts, but for the next two months, there's going to be convo casts with each type on the Enneagram. So starting with type eight next week and going around the Enneagram to type seven, we're going to talk for about 30, 30, 40 minutes. So they might be slightly longer convo casts from convo casts in the past, but for about 30 to 40 minutes talking with each type on the Enneagram from members of our community, members of the podcast crew, you might be hearing these guys' voices in a one-on-one -on -one context with me um, over the next two months. And um, it's just really, I'm just really excited to get to understand a lot of the similarities that tie us together as a community, but then also the vast differences as it relates to sexuality, as it relates to masculinity, how we connect with other men. Like I really am excited to learn just selfishly as, as one person. And I hope that for, especially for the Enneagram nerds out there, I hope this is like going to give you your, your Enneagram fix for years to come. Like if you, if you have been eager for us to really dive into the Enneagram, I hope the next two months um, are really fun, like change of pace from, from what we usually do here in Yelp. And my hope is that if the Enneagram isn't your thing or you're confused about it or maybe a little curious about it is that you go into it and you just listen and maybe there's something that clicks. Maybe a lot of it won't, but my hope is some part of our stories as we share, you know, we'll try to keep the Enneagram. There will be some nerdery that inevitably comes out, but um, my hope is to make this conversation as accessible as possible to where if you don't know what the instincts are. If you don't entirely know what wings are or triads or things like that, you know, Enneagram nerd, nerdery can go pretty deep, but we're gonna try to keep it as basic as possible and just share, um, yeah, like how does how does this manifest in my day-to-day -day life? And, um, and just seeing the similarities in our community because we have a lot of similarities, we have a lot of differences. And so I'm just really excited that this is something that I've had on my dream like spreadsheet for, for a while now. And so we're doing it, we're just doing it, you guys. and. And this also is beneficial to me as someone planning the podcast. It delays our hundredth episode a little bit further so we can enjoy that later. <laughs> Cause I still have no idea what we're doing for our hundredth episode. So whatever, I'll deal with that two months down the road than I usually would have. So, so there's that. So, so Ben, Ryan, thank you for embarking on this journey, this two month journey. Do you guys feel like we're about to start on a quest? Like we're starting a trail and here we go. <laughs> An Enya quest. Yes. I love it. Enya quest. It sounds like the best video game ever. 
One does not simply explain the Enneagram in two months. Mm. This is a great conversation starter. And my hope is that it lands with one person who previously was like, what is that? I don't entirely get it. And then by the end, if they listen to all 10 of these episodes, today's episode and then the nine convo casts that are about to follow, that, um, that yeah, something, they take away something from it. That's that's my hope. So, um, so that's what we are doing. That's the long setup for the Enneagram shows to come. I will help you bear this burden as long as it is yours to bear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. That sounds awful, too, awfully two-ish of you. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to explore that. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's the, that's the announcement. That's where, where we're going for the next couple months. Looking forward to the I'm really, what I'm really excited about is like, yes, I'm going to get to talk with people that you've heard from, people listening that you've heard before in the past. But as far as I know, I've been putting the feelers out there, you guys, the schedule isn't completely set yet, but I would say I'm like 80% there of figuring out who I'm talking to for these nine episodes. And a couple people have already said yes, that you have never heard before. You have never heard on a Yab podcast production. So that's kind of exciting to me too. It's like, yeah, it'll be good to get to to talk to Ryan a little bit more, talk to Ben a little bit more, or some of the other guys that you've heard before and get to hear hear about their type and how that re- relates with their life on a day-to-day basis. But I really am excited to also hear from other members of our community. It's something that I've been excited about um, these last few months, different people popping up on the ConvoCast feed that you've never seen before and looking forward for that to that trend continuing um, in these ConvoCasts for the Enneagram. So stay tuned. Um, here's something kind of random and kind of exciting um, that has developed. You know, we had a two to something, two to about two month break in between podcasts. A lot happened. I mentioned the retreat that we did. I mentioned my solo retreat and the trip that I took. Um, something that has been brewing, something that has just been, you know, slowly percolating, a little seed planted in the soil. It hasn't sprouted yet, per se. I wouldn't use the language of sprouting if we're using a garden metaphor, but. Um, a seed has definitely been planted and we've talked about it as a leadership team. Um, we've started to talk about it um, amongst ourselves and, and we're putting it out now to, to our listenership and to the community and just gonna trust that the seed goes wherever it's supposed to. If it's supposed to grow, then I have no doubt it's gonna grow. That seed gonna grow. Um, but what we wanted to talk about, we've joked about it so much over the years, um, this concept of a your other sisters or as we would say it in our community, Yas. Just yas. Um, that is something we've joked about and it's something I've seriously prayed about from time to time. Like, yeah, God, if there's a woman out there, if there's a group of women out there who would want to take on this thing, this community that's sort of like ours, but would also probably be very different from ours. Um, if that's a possibility, if that could exist, then yeah, Lord, make it happen. Um, and I, I remember mentioning it on a podcast, I don't know how many months ago, and I think my pastor might have mentioned it on a podcast that I did with him. Um, and so it's kind of been put out there here and there. And um, it's been really fun. It's been a really cool process over the last couple of months to have conversations with one particular woman out there listening, who's been listening to our podcast for years now and loves what we do, big fan of what we do, and and just decided to reach out one day, reached out to me um, shared some of her story, shared some of her heart. Um, and I'm just, I've been in a, in a posture of listening and just trying to see like, yeah, is this, does this feel right? Does this feel like it has legs to it? Does this feel like it has roots to it? 
Um, and I don't know definitively yes or no, it's still very early in this process and conversation, but what we did wanna do is put it out there to the community that if anyone's listening, if you are a woman listening, or you know a woman listening, um, who would benefit from such a community, a community of women attracted to women, whether they identify on the LGBTQ spectrum or otherwise, um, and they want to explore this idea with us. Like we're looking for, we're just looking for people who want to explore essentially is where we're at. Um, if that's you, if that's, if that appeals to you or that's somebody that you know and you want to pass this along to them, um, please do because this is something we, it's something that one woman cannot do by herself, just like I could not do <laughs> your other brothers by myself. Um, this is something that we need multiple women to participate in and, and we think there's potential. We think there's potential for it. Um, and we just need to explore it and we want to explore it. So, so we're putting it out there that if you are a woman, you know, a woman that you think feels the call feels at least feels interested in exploring the idea. Maybe the call is a bit of a strong, um, label right now, but if it's intriguing to you, if it's something that you want more information on and want to talk about it, shoot us an email. We would love to just dialogue with you and pass you along, um, to the right people, um, just shoot us, shoot us an email at our contact email, contact at yourotherbrothers.com and go ahead and put YAS in the subject line, Y-O-S, or your other sisters, um, something that makes it clear that this is what this is for. Um, if you want more information, if you want to be having these conversations with us um, about starting a Your Other Sisters community for women, um, let us know because I think that would be fantastic because you guys like... Ben, Ryan, you guys have been around for years now. Ryan, you go back a little bit further, I believe. But but like the idea of a Your Other Sisters, like has that entered? I'm curious just because I, I honestly don't even know. Like, is that something you've thought about either seriously or semi-seriously or wondered what it could look like? Or is that just like, I don't know, too too out there, too, too visionary? <laughs> there have been a couple of times that I've thought about it when I've run across... Um, you know, a, a woman who experiences same-sex attraction, just I'll end up pointing her to to our site and inevitably I'll get asked, um, you know, well, is there something for women? And, you know, my answer for the longest time was no, but eventually it became not yet, but hopefully eventually. So yeah, I've, I've had a few different times where I've thought about it. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the time when I talk to even even men about your other brothers, one of the kind of natural questions is: is there a, is there an equivalent for women? And and yeah, well, like like you, Ben, um, my answer has been not yet. We'd love for that to happen one day, and we hope and pray that that will happen one day. Um, and so I'm excited about these new developments. Yeah, for sure, and. I don't know. It's something where it's there. There's a tension in me that's like, don't bite off more than you can chew. Like you guys are doing fine. I think we are anyway. I think we we have a great community. I think we've grown a lot in the last few years in a lot of ways, not just quantifiably, but qualitatively. Is that right? I don't know. Um, so there is this tension. that's like, no, that's just your other your your other brothers. Just be your other brothers and let women figure it out somewhere else. <laughs> there is that tension, but but on the flip side, that makes me sound like a horrible like self seeking person. But then the other side of it is like no, like obviously I can't do your other sisters, but if someone else can, if a group of women can, um, if we can align on certain things and diverge on certain things that make sense, like I would absolutely love to see that happen because the sense of the sense of community that I have found through this virtual community um i mean it's been unspeakably 
beneficial in my life. I don't know how to put words to it other than like, I don't know where I would be without people who are on this call or people in our community without these retreats, without these Zoom calls. Like it's just been such a, it's something I've taken for granted, if I'm honest, this mainstay of community, um, you know, at least once a week in some capacity, if not multiple times a day on a Discord thread or on a Facebook group or what have you. So like um, the thought of being able to provide that or help provide a conduit for that for women as well, because um, we have had women supporting us on Patreon and and shooting us emails like semi-frequently hearing from women. Like I know there are women out there who who have benefited from our podcast or blog or or even community in some um, in some aspect. But but could it be better? Could it be stronger? Absolutely, it could be. It could be more focused. It could be more relatable. So um, so if there's a way we can do this and do this in the right way, that's the thing. We want to do this in the right way and not just rush into anything and. Um, and be presumptuous. And so if there's somebody out there, if there's a group of somebody's out there that this conversation appeals to you, shoot us an email, contact at yourotherbrothers.com, put yas in the subject line, because if nothing else, that will make us smile. Um, and then we'll be in touch about what comes next in these conversations to come. And maybe, dare I say, next stop, your other others for our non-binary siblings. Okay. See. Is that is that <laughs> offensive? I'm I'm not even sure. Like, no, this no. is why we <laughs> this is why we need to uh, have more conversations. Yeah, absolutely. But I this is this bit this like opens up Pandora's box, right? Like this is like yeah, for people that are non-binary, for trans people, for for moms, for dads, like this kind of opens up like what other communities could we help create fostering these conversations, whether it's in the form of a podcast, in the form of a blog, in the form of Zoom calls, in the form of a Facebook group, in the form of a Discord server, like retreats. I mean, there's like, I don't know, it just it's cool to zoom out from our little yob, the yob bubble and um, like see what else, what else does God maybe want to do, you know, and just being open to that. Um, all right, you guys, this is a banner occasion because we were gone for so long. Surely somebody reviewed our podcast on Apple Podcasts, right? You're right. Somebody did. One person did. And I'm so grateful to him. Um, so in case anyone's new to the show, or we haven't done this in, gosh, so many episodes now. Um, you can rate our show and it helps continue to just get it out there for anyone searching for um, podcasts that talk about the sorts of things that we like to talk about here. Um, it's helpful. It's helpful to go to Apple and just rate us. I, I prefer if you rate us five stars, but I want you to ultimately be honest. So rate us however you think, however many stars you think we're worth. And then just type a few thoughts if you have them. Um, but thank you to Joey for rating our podcast. He did rate it five stars. So thank you, Joey. Um, his subject line was incredible. Not just incredible, but incredible with an exclamation point. So I want to make sure I'm translating the enthusiasm properly. Because sometimes I have trouble with enthusiasm. Wait, say, did you say incredible with? With, yes. With. Not without. Oh, with an explanation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I thought you said not just incredible, but incredible with. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've already made this. some clarification. I've already made this unnecessarily confusing. I'm so sorry. It's, that is one thick podcast. <laughs> Was why we are a very thick podcast. Okay, I should have just said incredible, incredible. You guys hear the enthusiasm? You hear the exclamation point? Um, here's what Joey said about our little podcast. This podcast is amazing for any Christian guy who's attracted to both genders or other dudes. This subject has been poorly addressed by the church, and these guys are bridging that gap. 
So thank you, Joey. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time and the initiative to rate and review our show. If that's something that you haven't done yet, if you've been lurking for a while and you feel conviction to do this, please, please do it. We would love to read your review on our next episode or whenever that is. It's going to be two months as aforementioned, but we would love to read it um, at an upcoming Yobcast because we love hearing from our Yobbers. So thank you, Joey. Let's all pray that Joey has inspired somebody else listening to rate and review our show. We love, we love all you guys who take the time to do that. Thank you. Some quick announcements before we start getting into the Ennea talk. Um, as mentioned at the top, we had a virtual retreat a few weeks ago as of this recording, and it was so great. This was the second virtual retreat we did. The first one we did was during, I was, I was about to say the COVID year as if there was only one. There's only been one year of COVID, right? <laughs> 2020. 2020, the year that's lasted two years, essentially, is how I choose to look at it. Um, we did a, a virtual retreat that year in place of a camp retreat because we just couldn't meet together in person that year. Um, and it was really great. It was great for people who either couldn't have afforded to come to a camp retreat because it does cost a little bit of money to get there, um, whether the camp retreat itself or travel expenses to get to um, the Southeast United States, depending on where you live. Um, and then there's also the intimidation factor, you know, that not everybody's just so easy, easily, easy, able to gung-ho, jump on a plane, go to the woods with 50 dudes they've never met. Like that doesn't necessarily appeal to everybody or it, it, it creates a sense of trepidation um, in certain people. And so um, the virtual retreat was a great experiment a couple of years ago to just see people that you probably wouldn't have seen at a camp retreat and to get to connect with them on a more um, intentional basis, more, more than just on Zoom calls or some of the other things that we do online. Like it was more, it was just way more intentional. And um, the feedback was so great from that 2020 retreat that we did it again. And we did it again, I think a little bit better. I'm just, I'm speaking from my vantage point, but I think we did it a little bit better. I think we, we corrected some things and it wasn't a perfect weekend by any means, but um, we got some good feedback from it again. And the thing I wanted to comment on was that um, we had so many new people. It was our newest bunch of attendees that we've ever had at any of these retreats that we've done. Um, and we got to talk a little bit about it on the podcast leading up to the break. Um, and so for anyone listening, if you took a chance, if you heard us talk about this virtual retreat and you're like, yeah, I'll try out this community and see what it's all about. Like I heard from at least one or two people that that was the case. And um, it was just such a joy. It was such a joy. These retreats never get old. It's always a new batch. It's always a new flavor every single time. Um, and so if you, if you were there, if you contributed to it, thank you for coming. Thank you for investing a weekend of your life to be glued to a computer all, all day, all night. It was fantastic. It was great. Um, it's just really cool. It gave us lots of ideas um, about the community aspect of Yob and how to continue to build that, especially how to build that um, for people around the world. And this is actually a new development that we're putting out there in a poll form. Um, for anyone that's already pledging on Patreon or if you're about to pledge on Patreon, if that appeals to you, um, there's a poll on our Patreon page about doing Zoom rooms that are not just focused on the East Coast. Because ever since we started doing Zoom calls for certain people pledging on our Patreon, those have always been very East Coast centric, usually starting around eight o'clock or 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time, if that's a thing. Um, and it's always been heavily favored. If you live in the on the East Coast or in the Midwest, like it's heavily favored toward you versus if you live in California or if you happen to live in the UK 
or in Africa or somewhere else in Europe, like it's not as easy to hop onto a Zoom call <laughs> during during those times that we meet. And so something that we're just gonna play around with and see what happens this summer is Pacific Coast and um, British, which I think is called Greenwich time. Please correct me if I butchered your time zone. I think it's Greenwich, the Greenwich time zone I or something. I think it's Greenwich. I'm sorry, did I pronounce the W? <laughs> Greenwich. I, I'm, I would yield I, to I'm you. not a real British person though, so don't You did take use my a British accent it. a little while ago on the Yabalog though, for those that listened to that. It was highly offensive and shouldn't be published. <laughs> yeah, so if you listen to the Yabalog, you can listen to Ryan's British accent. It's great. Um, yeah, Greenwich, that sounds better. That sounds right. Um, we're gonna try out some, some Zoom calls on your local times, your local evening times. And we're gonna just see, we're gonna see what happens. You know, we're not gonna overcommit. We're gonna see if people show up. I mean, that's the thing. If people live on the West Coast or live across the pond and they wanna show up to these calls, then we might we might have something. We might be able to take that and run with it. Um, versus if nobody signs on, then we'll just be like, okay, I guess we won't, won't do that. So similar to the Your Other Sisters experiment and just the conversations we're having, this is something new that we're experimenting with. We're gonna see what happens. And so, so if you happen to live on the West Coast and getting on at five o'clock or 5.30 your time just doesn't work for you, um, maybe 8.30 will local time or 7.30, whatever time we land on. Um, or same thing, if you live in the UK, if you live in London or Liverpool um, or some other part of the world that sounds exotic and exciting um, to me anyway, probably maybe not as much to you, but very exciting to me. Um, and getting on in the evenings just is a lot better than getting up at two in the morning for a call. Um, come on and join us and we'll see. We'll see if we can do that more often. So. So I wanted to put, out, put that out there because I also know a lot of people either pledge at a lower tier or they just don't pledge at all because there's just no, there's no Zoom call. That's like the big thing that you would want to partake in with, on our Patreon is more of the community side uh, and being able to connect with other people um, in a Zoom format. So, so if that's something that's been a blockade and that's something that's been a reason not to pledge or not to pledge as much, like, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is a fun new summer experiment. My, my goal is to like, do this, this is such a season of experiments for the length of these convo casts and for the next couple of months of summer as of this recording, like just wanna try out new things, see what works, um, course correct as necessary, but hopefully we'll have, you know, I don't wanna put a number on it, but hopefully we'll have a few people that um, can, can and want to show up to these. So we would love to have you if you're on, if you live anywhere on planet earth, basically. Surely between California and the UK, like hopefully that appeals to way more of a population than just like Kansas City to Philadelphia, <laughs> you know? And since this is the last time I'll be able to announce this for a couple months, Book Club. Book Club is ready and rolling. It's continuing, it's been great. Um, as of this recording, we haven't yet discussed Deborah Hirsch's Redeeming Sex, but by the time you listen to this, we will have already discussed it. And we had such a great discussion, didn't we, Ryan? <laughs> Oh, one of the best. It was the best. I think it Absolutely. was the best. I'm going to step out a yeah. limb and say it was our best mm -hmm. book club yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and next month we're reading The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, which I am so excited about. I have not read it since I was in college. And I'm so glad. This was a recommendation from somebody in our community. We don't read fiction that often in book club. I think we're just, it makes more sense for us to digest more nonfiction as a community, I think. But but I also see the value in fiction for sure. And so we sprinkle in a couple of fiction books a year. And um, I'm so glad somebody recommended this because I think there's a lot of themes 
that will resonate with our community. I know it resonates with me. And so, so I'm excited to read The Picture of Dorian Gray. Um, we'll have our discussion on that June 15th. So if you are already a Yabber pledging at that tier, or if you're interested in joining, um, we would love to have you for that discussion next month. And as a sponsor for this episode. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I guess? Yes, please. <laughs> is it is it Enya? <laughs> Oh, Enya. <laughs> Enya would have been a great sponsor. I did not hear from or Enya. Maybe, maybe we're saving. Maybe she's waiting for episode 100. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, let's go with that. That I don't want to assume why Enya hasn't reached out to us yet after 95 episodes, but maybe, right, who knows? Who maybe knows? she's biding her time. I, my hope is that when the 100th episode rolls, adapt, rolls around, we hear it from like out of the woodwork. Like we, ha- we get so many sponsor requests. That's my hope. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Five episodes from now, however many months down the road that is. Um, no, it's not Anya, but sponsoring this episode of the Enneagram is Boxes. Thank you, Boxes, for putting <laughs> things in their place. <laughs> you serve a purpose. Boxes serve a purpose. They keep things safe. They keep things packaged. They keep things exactly where they need to be. And most importantly, they keep things inside. They cannot escape. They cannot get out of the box. Once you are in the box, you are in the box. There's no holes there's no cracks no crevices and we always know where to find you yeah <laughs> so just stay in your enneagram nine box and don't you get out stay right there so i know what to look for it's funny because here okay this is thank god uh boxes sponsored us because it's a great segue um to a quote from ian cron who's like there's like a grandfather and a grandmother of like Enneagram podcast dumb. Um, they wrote they wrote a book together, Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. Those are some names that if anyone knows about the Enneagram, you probably know those names. Either you've read The Road Back to You, which is a really popular book, um, or you might listen to either of their podcasts or just know about them through the the Ennea, the Ennea vine. Not the Enya vine, the Ennea vine. Um, <laughs> that's another vine altogether. Because the knock on the Enneagram is that, and with any personality system, like whether it's Myers-Briggs or whatever, whatever the other ones are, um, the big knock on it is like, oh, it puts you in a box. It like gives you an excuse to just behave the way that you behave and that you never change and that um, it kind of just creates a lethargy or it creates this, this feeling of stuckness, like you just don't change, which I couldn't disagree with more, but we'll get into that as this conversation unfolds. But here's what Ian Cron had to say about that concept. Um, he said this, the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It shows you the box you're already in and how to get out of it. And so it gives you language to understand, like, why do I see the world the way that I see it? Why do I behave the way I behave? Um, and it's not about staying there. It's about, like he says, it's about getting out and it's about mm-hmm. escaping what a lot of people will blame the Enneagram for, which is restricting you. Um, and it's true for my life. Like I have experienced, um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about my fourness here today, but, um, but I've experienced so much growth, recognizing the way that I am wired inherently the way that I am being conscious of that. And then sometimes, honestly, a lot of times doing the opposite of what I feel inclined to do, even though it's uncomfortable. Um, but it creates a sense of growth. It creates a sense of momentum that if I wasn't aware of that, I would be, I would be stuck in my box, just like he verbalized so eloquently. Ian Cron is also a fellow four, so I have special, special adoration for, <laughs> for him. Um, so a quick overview on the Enneagram. I'm going to take a lot of content today from this website called Truity. I think that's how you say it, truity.com. I bank with them. Oh, <laughs> no, are they a okay. bank? Oh, oh, Truity. Okay, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not the bank. <laughs> They're like a, um, you go to truity.com and it's like not a sponsor of the show, but they like, um, they do Myers-Briggs testing. They do Enneagram testing. It's a lot of like business, like coach, like not coaching, but it's like kind of just giving you tools, like whatever your group is or whatever your, whatever your thing is, whether you're an individual or group, it kind of gives you just language and, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm representing Truity very poorly right now, but they didn't sponsor the show. If they want to sponsor the show, I could give them a glowing recommendation. But I've used their website for Truity, for um, Enneagram testing because there's all kinds of tests out there, um, which I'll talk a little bit about the effectiveness of Enneagram tests. But um, but it's it's the best test I have found personally of all the tests that exist out there. And they do a pretty good job summing up, descri describing all the types and kind of laying it out as we're about to here today. Um, so here's how they define, this is taken from their website. Um, this is how they define the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a system of personality which describes people in terms of nine types, each with their own motivations, fears, and internal dynamics. The Enneagram is an emotionally focused system of understanding people, honing in on one's core emotional motivations and fears. Each of the nine personality types has its own driving force, which is centered around a particular emotion. Some Enneagram types experience strong emotions while other types aim to avoid emotions in one form or another. However, whether running from emotions or diving into them, each type describes some aspect of emotional experience. And so Truity goes on to describe that there are heart types, which depend on their emotional intelligence to understand their own reactions and connect with others. It also describes head types, which depend on their intellectual intelligence to make sense of things and navigate the world around them. And it also talks about body types, which depend on their instinctual intelligence to follow their gut and respond to threats and opportunities. Um, so what I'm gonna do, this is a lot of reading for now, but I promise after I read this list, the reading is done. There's not gonna be like reading that happens for the next 45 minutes. So um, for a lot of this, this is stuff where it's like all the Enya nerds listening, they already know all this and they're like, get on with it already, tell us tell us more. Um, but yeah, for anyone that's unaware, this is how, these are how the nine types are laid out, starting with the heart types, which are two, three, and four, folks who rely on their emotional intelligence as Truity describes it. Um, so there's type two, the giver or the helper. Twos want to be liked and find ways that they can be helpful to others so that they belong. This type fears being unlovable. There's type three, the achiever or performer. Threes want to be successful and admired by other people and are very conscious of their public image. Type threes fear failure and not being seen as valuable by other people. Type fours, which are individualists or romantics. Fours want to be unique and experience deep authentic emotions. Type fours fear that they are flawed and are overly focused on how they're different from other people. Type five, the investigator or observer. Five seek understanding and knowledge and are more comfortable with data than other people. The biggest fear of the type five is being overwhelmed by their own needs or the needs of other people. Type six, the loyalist or the skeptic. Sixes are preoccupied with security, seeking safety, and they like to be prepared for problems. For the type six, the greatest fear is being unprepared and unable to defend themselves from danger. Type seven, the enthusiast. Sevens want to have as much fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. Type sevens fear experiencing emotional pain, especially sadness, and actively seek to avoid it by staying busy. Type eight, the challenger. Eights see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. The greatest fear of the type eight is to be powerless, so they focus on controlling their environment. I forgot to say that five, sixes, and sevens are part of the head triad, which relies on intelligence um, and then, or um, intellectual intelligence, sorry. And then these eight, nine, one are part of that body 
triad, the body types, which rely on instinctual intelligence. So type nine, the peacemaker, nines like to go with the flow and let the people around them set the agenda. Type nines fear pushing people away by prior prioritizing their own needs and they tend to be passive. And then type one, the perfectionist or the reformer, ones place a lot of emphasis on following the rules and doing them correctly. Type ones fear being imperfect and can be extremely strict with themselves and others. So that's a very simplistic description of each type. Hard to nail it in just two sentences for each type, but there's obviously a lot more to it for those that are either aware of it or want to become aware about it. You can go into as deep of a dive as you want. That's the thing about the Enneagram. It's kind of like the Grand Canyon. It keeps unfolding. The deeper you go, there's always more caverns to explore, but that's kind of the the helicopter view of, of what, what it is from the top. So, um, so I've done a lot of talking. What do you guys think of the Enneagram and how do you identify? Let's just go there. How do you identify if it hasn't already been made clear on previous previous episodes or for people who are just tuning in? I'll go first. So I am a type nine. That was the peacemaker. And I'll just, I'll just add in a little um, addition to Ian Crone's box observation. And that is that I, I think the Enneagram, I think he makes a good point that, you know, in order to escape the box, you have to see the box, right? But the, the way I explain the numbers of the Enneagram to people, the types of the Enneagram, it's like, colors of the rainbow. You look at a rainbow and you say, oh, there's the red, there's the blue, there's the green. Um, are, are there really seven colors in the rainbow? No, there are infinite colors in the rainbow. But we have these like seven kind of like ways to talk about the colors, these seven sort of like labels for the colors. That's, that's helpful because I don't want to have to tell you, oh, that was a very beautiful color of, you know, the wavelength 450, you know, millimeters, whatever. Well, you know, I don't, I don't or know. Or using like the hex code of like right. six yeah, X, yeah. H, X, Y, B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice to say, oh, that was a lovely shade of red. Mm -hmm. And no one believes that there's only like one shade of red, right? Like, and, and similarly, there's, um, there's a million different kinds of type nine, you know, like there's, there's type nines and we are all alike in a lot of ways and it's useful to have that label. But also I don't think I'm in a box as a type nine. Like, mm -hmm. um, one pattern with type nines is that type nines often will just be able to lay in bed for hours in the morning. They don't have a lot of motivation to, to get out of bed and do stuff. But I'm I'm a weird type nine in that like I just get bored after like 15 minutes and I have to get up and get started with my day. Um, so so right, I identify as as a nine, but I don't think that puts me in a box. And I also don't think that gives me excuses for being lazy, which is kind of one of the weaknesses of nines. Mm -hmm. um, I think as as Ian Cron says, like it helps me to see um, it helps me to see, I think, some of some of the challenges I face with, with laziness and energy. Yeah. I love that rainbow metaphor. I've never heard that before. I'm going to totally steal it. Were you influenced by the rainbow on my shirt or no? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I thought of that messaging? before, okay. before I saw your shirt. So, but I'm, I'm glad you wore the shirt to, to bring a visual aid. Yeah. You guys, to me, but not our listeners. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to our listeners who can't see me right now, I'm wearing the gayest shirt I have, which is not very gay, but um, it says Pennsylvania on the chest. And then there's a rainbow going across the Pocono Mountains, basically. And it's like my little dabble. This is as gay as I'll get. 
at least this juncture. Maybe, maybe in the future, I wear more rainbow type things. But, but I this this particular shirt brings me a lot of pride. And hey, it's almost Pride Month, so we did a Pride Month podcast for anyone wants to go back to the archives during these during these next two months of Enneagram insanity on the Yob Podcast Network. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> Don't worry, we have uh, beaten the Pride Month topic to death. Yeah. So <laughs> go back be... and re-listen. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing to add at this point. <laughs> nothing to add. Unless we go to Pride, which then maybe we'll have something to add after the fact. But um Ben, you have a unique vantage point. The, the rumor is you're not sold yet on your type. Is that true? Or or are you sold? Do you know what you are? Who are you? Well, first, warning, you know, I talk for a living, so I could talk about this for a while. Let me start by saying the first time I ever heard of the Enneagram was during a job interview. I was you know, trying to apply to be a youth pastor. And the pastor was a really great guy, really exciting. He's like, hey, have you heard of the Enneagram? And I said, no, what's that? And his face fell. And it was at that point I knew I wasn't going to get the job. Um, so, you know, my first experience with the Enneagram was of not knowing it, not getting a job. Obviously, that was the only reason. So there's a little trauma there, a little bit of trauma. Now, um, I actually tend to like the Myers-Briggs more than I like the Enneagram because I tend to view things through how people interact with one another. And I would say the strength of the Enneagram though is how do you interact with yourself? How do you understand yourself? Um, so I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to get more comfortable with it, especially as I've done a lot of my own self-work, self-personality work and, you know, taking counseling classes. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess the Enneagram is useful there. Now, as far as what my type is, um, you know, one of the things we didn't get into in the intro was the idea of, you know, that people have their wings, um, you know, like a two wing one, um, or two wing three, your wing is always on either side of your, your dominant number, but there's another thing, and this is if you get into the nuance of the Enneagram a little bit more, um, there are there are triads within the Enneagram. Your triads are your top three numbers rather than your wings. So for some people that might feel like, well, maybe I'm a two because I really value strong relationships and caring for people. But I really feel like a six. I'm really loyal to people, but I feel like they're going to leave me. And somehow those things seem to overlap. Um, you know, it makes sense if your triad of numbers happens to be, you know, very similar three high scores of things that might be even almost opposite on the Enneagram. So for me, I think I've nailed it down to my triad being a two, six, nine. There you go, a two six nine, which is mm. not an uncommon triad for people. Mm -hmm. So there you go. It's interesting how, yeah, and I'm glad, I'm kind, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad we have somebody on the podcast who's not like locked in, who's 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 intrigued by it, prefers even something else. That was very disheartening to hear, but I understand your logic. Um, but it's funny because I've heard from twos and sixes for some reason those have been the most interchangeable that I've heard over the years. Like there have been so many people I've interacted with trying to figure out their type and trying to figure out what aligns most with them, and they're reading the descriptions and and so many times. I mean, it's happened so many times where somebody doesn't know if they're a two or they're a six, and there's just a lot of similarities over overlapping those two types in particular um, for whatever reason. So so the jury's out on what you are, but maybe throughout this conversation. 
Ryan, maybe we'll help him come to Jesus and we'll help him find his true identity in the Enneagram. Ben, you're a six. <laughs> okay, Ryan. I'm skeptical of that answer. <laughs> Ryan has decreed it, but you are a six. Point in case. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, here's, so so on this show then we have, and I identify as a four as I am always keen to disclose. So I'm a four, the individualist romantic um, something is deeply flawed with me, and you guys can't convince me of anything otherwise. Um, <laughs> but um, so four, nine, a two, six, nine hybrid, three-headed monster, one of those. Um, I'm curious. Well, I'm, I'm not going to pose this question because I think you guys already know the answer. But I, I put it out to our community because I wanted to, and we've been doing this for years now, is having a poll in our community to figure out what enneagram types are drawn to our community. Like, who? How do you guys identify? Um, and so we have two polls going. We have one on Discord and we have one on Facebook and they're slightly different. So the one on Discord um, is easy to keep track of with our current members. Um, so that is up to date as of this recording as far as who is in our community and who has voted in that Enneagram poll versus the Facebook poll, which goes back several years, people who have no longer, who are no longer in the community, but were once drawn to the community. They voted. There's no way to like remove their votes basically. So that's kind of a, maybe a, a more like, I don't know if accurate's the right word, but it, it, it tells a bigger picture, I guess, of more, there's just more data there as far as w- people who have joined our community in years past, but aren't here anymore for whatever reason. So, so I wanted to read the results and just let people know if they weren't already aware, these are the types of people, specifically the types of men that are in our community. Um, as I read those descriptions for anyone that's listening, that's not in our community, if you've been curious about the makeup of our community, um, this is the makeup. This is the rundown. And I'm going to read back and forth between Discord and Facebook. They're very similar. They're basically, they're off by a couple points here and there, but pretty similar. Um, so our top type on Discord is indeed the type four. 24% of our community who voted on Discord is a type four, contrasted with 20% on Facebook. So, you know, roughly one out of four, one out of five people you run into in the Yabbers sphere is a type four. Is basically a carbon copy of yours truly. <laughs> no, there is a gradient. There's a gradient, like Ryan said. Mm. Birds of a feather. <laughs> Sparrows of a feather. So that's type four. Um, the other big one is type two. So type two, 22% of Discord, um, 23% of Facebook. Um, with a bit of a caveat, like a bit of an asterisk, because I noticed when I was clicking around, I noticed Eugene. Shout out to Eugene, who comes on a podcast every once in a while. Um, Eugene, who I know identifies as a four, voted for two on Discord, which I think he did by accident. So Eugene, you need to fix your vote. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the teacher coming on the intercom. Come up to the front of the classroom, young man, and explain what you've done. Are you trying to rig the election? Yes. Just check. I just noticed an irregularity there. I was like, Eugene's not a two. Why did he vote for two? Um, Why are dead people voting in this? Gosh. And you know, I could have texted him this, but it's so much more fun to call him out on a podcast. So there you go, Eugene. Change your vote. Either way, fours and twos seem to be always at the top of our list, whether they're voting on Discord or on Facebook. Um, Coming on third for both of these, 20% on Discord, 16% on Facebook are type nine. So type nines are right up there. Um, and then followed right behind by type six, 14% on Facebook and 9% on Discord. So if you're doing the math, if we have any math nerds out there, 
Um, twos, fours, sixes, and nines account for 75% of our Discord community, 73% of our Facebook community. So that's a big chunk of our community, two, four, six, and nine, roughly three out of every four, which I thought was very interesting because it's like half half in the emotional section, half in the head sec, or no, there's like some in the head section, some in the gut section. So it's a nice little cross section, mostly in the heart section. Um, Cause that was the other thing when I read the types, heart types, head types, and gut types. Um, heart types, 48% in Discord, 46% in Facebook. Uh, head types, 19% on Discord, 29% on Facebook. And then gut types, 33% on Discord, 35% on Facebook. So that's a little bit of a rundown on the makeup of our community. Um, for those that are curious, after two, four, six, and nine, uh, I'll just read them, just run down the order. So in Discord, uh, we have fives at 7%, ones at 7%, sevens at 3%, and then threes and eights at 2%. That's over in Discord. And then over on Facebook, fives at 9%, sevens at 6%, ones at 5%, eights at 4% and threes at 3%. So when it gets to the ConvoCast series, you guys, you can imagine my job gets really fun when I try to find a willing three in our community to speak to me. <laughs> I think I found one. I think I found a three, but um, it got a little challenging further down the list there. I feel like convincing a three to get in front of a microphone is not difficult, but it's, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, no, once I found the person, there seems to be a, a good level of enthusiasm there, I think. Um, but it's just the the crop, the pick of the litter is not great. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a lot to choose from. So, um, but I think we're going to get there. Again, I, I'm committing to this idea. We're doing it. And so I'll go out on the street and find a three if I have to and say, support Yab. And then they will. And then they'll... <laughs> Then, you're gay now. You're gay now. <laughs> For the next 30 minutes, you are attracted to men with a traditional ethic, and you're talking to us. <laughs> so so that's going to be fun to have all those conversations, especially the further down the list you go. Because again, plethora of twos, fours, sixes, and nines, but it starts to get kind of scant the further down you go. So I'm excited to make the rounds, though, and, and find out, yeah, what differentiates but also unifies our community. Um, ben sort of explained where he first heard about the Enneagram. Ryan, do you remember your origin story with the Enneagram? Do you remember how you learned about this thing? Yes. So actually, my parents were very into the Enneagram before it like went viral. So this is like um, mid 2000s, mid to late 2000s, maybe. Because um, the Enneagram has been around for decades and decades, but it only kind of like became a big popular mainstream Christian thing in the past, what, five years, 10 years. Um, and so they were, they were trying, they were telling me about this, this thing called the Enneagram and trying to get me to take the test, trying to get me to read, you know, read, read the results and understand it. Just so convinced that I would, um, get, get a lot out of it. And I was like, mom, dad, I'm like in college and I got stuff to do and I'm, I'm have a full-time job then after college. And, and I'm just sort of like putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And, um, finally I take, I take the test and start to read a little bit of it and, um, and realized, oh, this is like, uh, this is like um, pinning, I feel like a bug pinned on a board in like a science fair display. Like um, like this is really 
putting my innermost workings like on display for the world to see. <laughs> Which side note, I that is a science project I never got to do. And I always was jealous uh-huh. of people who got to do the pin a bug on a board project because I always wanted to do that. Mm. Well, um, being the bug is an interesting experience as an Enneagram subject, Mm. but, uh, but, but yeah, so I got into it and that was still before it kind of got, got to the mainstream. Um, at the time I was writing fiction and I found it to be a very helpful tool for imagining characters and imagining various characters like motivations and interior workings um how they experienced relationships with other characters of different enneagram types so i i pursued it from like a personal growth point of view but also as a as a tool for writing fiction i found it to be very useful as well that's amazing yeah i and i notice it now like when i either read books or when i watch shows like um one that i find particularly fun as a as an ennean nerd is the show parks and rec and like being able to sort of see everybody's personality through the lens of the Enneagram and understanding their motivations and kind of understanding what makes them tick. Um, I think that show does it really well as far as honing in on, I don't know if they had Enneagram as a back, as like a foundation of, of scripting that show and, and making, fleshing out these characters, but it feels so clear to me that they knew exactly how like Leslie Nope was wired and exactly mm-hmm. how Ron Swanson is wired. And, mm-hmm. and that's just, um, you can read all kinds of, articles and things out there about Enneagram and mm-hmm. Parks and Rec, but yeah. 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 And, and I mean, for, for me, I realized if I, without, without the Enneagram, without this tool, all the characters that I write are just going to be nines, you know, cause that's all I know. Um, and so the Enneagram, I, I'll probably wind up talking about this later, but really expanded my imagination for, um, for how other people might think. Ooh. And when you launch your fiction podcast on the Yab Podcast Network, you can flesh out those characters as you narrate mm-hmm. <laughs> all of your characters. <laughs> I want to see you, yeah, I want to see you portray a type four. I want to see a type four through the eyes of Ryan. <laughs> that would be so lovely. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, that's great. I, I've, I have dabbled in fiction myself and kind of that is a helpful tool as well. Um, I learned about it from a friend who told me about it. I remember the year, you guys. The year was 2011. Oh, by the way, the one thing I wanted to say, I was jealous of the bug project, but I was also jealous when you're talking about how your parents turned you on or told you about the Enneagram. My heart sank because I have been trying to get my parents, my lovely parents, if you're listening, please figure out your Enneagram types. Let's have any conversations. That's my dream. My family, they, my brothers dabbled a little bit. My sister, I think, has dabbled a little bit, but I think my parents could could care less about all that. So there's a spark of envy. That's my that's my thing. That's my vice. I felt it. <laughs> I felt my envy sparks flying as you're talking about Enneagram conversations with your parents because that's all I want. Um, but no, a friend told me about it in 2011 because I remember the apartment I was living in. I remember us pulling up the website on the coffee table. I see it so clearly. Um, it was such a beautiful day in Southern California where I was living at the time. Um, and he told me Enneagram and my first thought was Enneagram. And I started spelling it in the Google A-N-Y-O-G. And he's like, no, not any, but, and so then I had to spell it correctly, E-N-N-E-A. And, and I took a test, something I wanted to say about tests. I think tests are a great starting point, but they never, I feel like they never really get you there 
maybe never is a strong word. I feel mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. always a starting point. When I tell people, you know, obviously I recommend the Truity website and I think they're, they have the best test that I have found. So I'll, we'll link that in the description if anyone wants to take, you know, 10 minutes. It's a fairly, you know, it's not like a three question quiz. I think it's like 50 or 60 questions, something like that. But um, it gets you somewhere. Like it'll tell you what, what you scored highest in or it might give you your top three or your top whatever. But um, my recommendation is, yeah, take your top three. If it gives you three answers, like research them and check out. I always, as a darker person, I'm like always go to the dark side. Like when you're an unhealthy human, which of these types kind of strikes the the deepest chord in you where you're like, oh yeah, I have behaved in such a way or I have felt those feelings that are described. That's been helpful for me. Because honestly, it was so instantaneous. When I took that quiz, I forget which website I used at the time. I took a quiz. Four was my highest. I started reading about it and I was like, okay, yep, this thing is magic because I am, it's like reading my journal. Like I've been journaling my whole life and I'm reading about all the things about a four, which is envy and inadequacy and something missing. That's a big theme about being a four. And so, um, so for me, it was pretty clear from the start, but I also understand people like twos or sixes, for instance, or nines. I know a lot of nines have trouble landing on their nineness. Um, the way that they're wired. And so, um, so that's my recommendation is, you know, click around with your top couple of responses, dive as deep as you wish, but um, it's been super helpful for me to learn, um, to not only learn how I'm wired, but then to zoom out, to zoom out for myself, which is difficult, um, and to realize how other people are wired as well. I think one of the reasons why some people can fluctuate back and forth and you know, this is thinking about personality in a broader sense um, and formative experiences. Is a person when they're, you know, taking the test, are they operating out of a place of abundance where things are going well in life? Or are they perhaps, you know, in a place of, of lack and scarcity? Because we behave differently, you know, depending on whether we're in scarcity or, you know, overabundance. And so some people, depending on their mindset, might test differently at different times too. And I think it's just really difficult to test for. Like um, you can, I mean, I think Myers-Briggs is hard enough to test for, but Enneagram is um, such a deep, uh, it's a a system that resides like so deep in our internal workings that um, it's almost hard to see in ourselves. and answered test questions about it, right? Um, you know, to go back to the box analogy, it's like you're you're in this dark box with no light, and the test question is like, is the box yellow or blue? You know. <laughs> Shout out to boxes sponsoring this episode. We're gonna give them as much love as we can. Yay, boxes! Um, I put it out to our community. Why do you love the enneagram? Why do you love the Enneagram? And loved what people said. There was a lot of themes that came up again and again by the people that answered. So thank you, Yabbers, for answering that question. Um, One person said, the Enneagram is useful to help see why others have different priorities than myself. And they help engender empathy toward those who look at the world with different lenses. Um, Similar to that, someone said, it's given me a completely new way to view myself and others, especially when it comes to showing grace. It's given me a language and a framework to understand myself and others better. Someone else took that and expanded upon it. It helps me love others and understand other people better. Knowing that a friend displays the characteristics of a certain type makes it easier to care for them and also not be as hurt when they act in a way that is different than my own. Any Enneagram 8s listening? <laughs> that's, mm. been, that's been extremely <laughs> helpful to me with my 
dear dear beloved eight friends that's that's con a long way if you know if you know anything about eights i love eights eights are eights are great um someone else said this it removes the mystery and resentment that often arises in relationships and gives empathetic positive language for drives and ultimate reasons for a decision that i may not at first be privy to yeah so that theme just keeps coming up again and again and again the sense of empathy the sense of understanding um, not just how you're wired, but like your friends, your mm-hmm. people, your loved ones around you. Yeah. And and I like the way that one person said it, it helps you view things charitably and positively. Like um, with without the Enneagram, I might think of one of my six friends and think like, oh, you're just so anxious and fearful and and, and cynical. But but the Enneagram helps me see that, oh, they're 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 on the alert for threats because they love me, you know, like it's not, it's not coming. It's more complicated than just fear or anxiety. Yeah. And sixes, I know they are detail oriented and I'm kind of somebody who likes a little bit of detail and likes knowing kind of a bare bones logistical plan of what's happening. But, um, but I have sixes in my family and six friends who, um, like are just incredibly conscious about like thinking about things that I either refuse to think about or just literally would have never thought about as far as like, you know, what are we eating here or there? Or what are we like, how are we fueling up or how are we going about getting from point A to point B? Like just little things like that, that, um, that I appreciate just to, to give some shout out, to give some love to the sixes out there listening. You know, I asked some questions, which I initially was going to read on this episode. Um, Cause I asked the community, how has the Enneagram helped you grow in areas of sexuality and masculinity? Because we wanted to try to focus this conversation toward those t- towards those ends. But what I noticed happening is that the people that answered, they know their Enneagram type and they started talking about their type. And what I want to do with the Convo cast is not only have a guest that I talk to um, of that identifying type and just talk to them for 30 to 40 minutes. I also want to sprinkle in comments from the community and share what other type eights or type fives or type sevens, how they answered the same questions. And so, so it's going to be a different sort of, um, convo cast because we've never done that. It's going to be the most structured convo casts we ever, we've ever done where they're usually just spontaneous 20 to 30 minute conversations that aren't really planned at all. Uh, so these will be very planned, um, and corporate in the sense that it's not just going to be necessarily a one-on-one conversation. So, so I was thinking about reading these on this episode, but I think they'll be better served um, reading them on their correlating ConvoCast episodes. So thank you guys for sharing about how the Enneagram has helped you process or understand um, your sexuality or your sense of masculinity, your gender identity. Like, I think that's going to be fun to dive into during those, those ConvoCasts. So in taking counseling classes, one of the things that they challenge counselors to do, they say that you can't really know somebody else or their culture until you understand your own. So a lot of the first work that counseling students do are taking personality profiles, you know, going through your origin story, looking for things that may be, you know, like childhood wounds that you're still holding on to, um, figuring out what your biases might be. And so the reason they say that is you, you have to know you. And once you know you, once you understand how you are put together, you then have better tools to be able to understand other people's stories and how they're put together. Because the whole point is to create an empathetic bond with the person you're trying to help in counseling. 
And if you can't figure yourself out, how can you figure out other people? So one of the reasons I, you know, I'm gravitating towards counseling, I mean, to me, counseling, at least from my perspective, is a much more honed, much more specific type of discipleship. You're helping people figure out where they're at, where they want to go, and how can they get there and doing the work necessary, which again, what is discipleship? But, you know, building somebody up in their faith and their understanding of how to walk with God in life. So I think the Enneagram is a good tool for helping people dive in to understand some of their, you know, some of their own storyline stuff that maybe they haven't processed before. Yeah. I had the image of the whole, um, the masks coming down in the airplane and you have to take care of yourself first before you can pour into other people and help little Johnny next to you or little Jane or whatever her name is. Um, yeah. Make sure you can breathe. Make sure you have yourself taken care of because that, that I'm glad you started to open that up because I know we're sort of winding down the conversation already. It feels like we just started. And I know I could personally talk about the Enneagram for hours, but we will s- spare our listeners um, and spare you guys for that matter. But um, but that was kind of the crux of it was like, why should people care? Why should people not necessarily care about the Enneagram? That's one aspect of this conversation. Kind of the bigger part of the conversation is like, why should people learn about themselves? Why should they become self-aware? Why should they learn their dark side, their shadow. That's kind of a a psychological word out there. You started to touch on that. I don't know if you have any other additional thoughts or if Ryan wants to jump in, but like, why is it like, why is it good? Isn't ignorance bliss? Shouldn't we just not know? (laughs) Wouldn't it be easier to just not know my dark side or, um, or to go about life just kind of being ignorant of that or just uh, not making it a bigger deal than it is? Because I think that's a big knock against personality types is blowing things out of proportion or magnifying, which I've had to rein in. Like I'll, I'll own up to my like specialness and being feeling like I'm missing something. Like I've played that up countless times over the years. And that's something I've had to just be conscious of and how that affects other people around me um, to not make that, you know, bigger than it is basically. So I'm curious if there are things about, yeah, just the Enneagram or just in general, your journey, whether you've been in counseling and therapy or not, um, just being able to learn about your wiring, that has been a good thing. Like you're glad, you're glad that you know. Hmm. You know, after after being a student of the Enneagram for many years and after being uh, in and out of therapy, doing a lot of internal work, I can say I really do it because when I talk about myself and what's going on uh, in my life and in my feelings, people often say, Ryan, you're just so self-aware. So I really just do it for the glory. <laughs> Ryan, you're so self-aware. <laughs> what a great, is, do you take that as a compliment? Do you do you enjoy being called self-aware? Yeah, I don't know what to say in response. <laughs> That's so unique. So, I, I don't know, I was just, uh, I, I was just being facetious because I, I, I guess maybe to me the question sounds like, you know, what's the, what's the whole point of improving yourself? And my answer is, well, you, cause you improve yourself, you know, <laughs> like you, um, you, you really do like grow. And I, I, I don't know if anyone else has ever felt like I just wind up at square one over and over again in my life in certain ways. And, um, and that internal growth is kind of how you break the pattern for that. You know, you say, okay, I'm back at a very similar place, but it's not the exact same place. I've, I've learned something because, um, because I sat down and I reflected and I, cons- and I considered why I did what I did 
and I've I've learned a lesson from that. Well said. The thing with nines, for a nine to say, you know, I'm doing it for the glory is funny, but at the same time, um, it speaks to who a nine is. Uh, Marie, for the longest time, wasn't sure what she was and eventually realized, oh, I'm a nine, but I don't. And the reason I know that is I don't feel like I have my own needs or my own personality. I'm whatever anybody, you know, needs mm-hmm. me to be when I'm around them. And it was like this light bulb moment for, for her to go, oh gosh, I do have my own awareness of myself. So mm-hmm. for, for uh, nine to do something for their own glory, congratulations. You realize that you actually have glory. <laughs> Thank you. Ryan, you have glory. Ryan has glory. Everybody hashtag it. Ryan has glory. Um, yeah, it's it's just been I don't know. There's it's hard to put into words. Like sometimes you meet people that just aren't self-aware and they're just kind of stuck in their little world and you just the energy is just kind of off. Like you can probably anyone listening can probably think of people um that there's just like there's something that they're missing. Like they're not all there. And that's something that I've just appreciated. Enneagram is one manifestation of this of people doing the work and digging into why they are the way that they are and um observing the patterns and the tendencies and what are good and what are, what could be improved, what's healthy, what's stressful. And, um, it's just been, it's just been really helpful for me, for me. And I I feel like this episode, the goal of this episode was not to like flesh it all out because again, this is something that we're going to stretch out over the next two months with conversations with each of these types. And we're going to talk about, um, stuff like sexuality, stuff like masculinity, um, in times of security, relational security, relational isolation, um, how does your type manifest? What is what are your behaviors? What are your motivations? Um, and what do what does that look like? And so um, that's a conversation I'm really looking forward to having again and again all summer long. It's gonna be it's gonna be my little passion project. I'm excited to to talk to people and to dive deeper into their types. And and it's my hope that if you're that type, that's something that we talk about in that episode resonates and that you can feel a sense of. Um, yeah, I feel a sense of connection. May I say that you may not feel as alone, um, to use that phrase. And then, um, and then hopefully illuminating too for somebody who's completely wired differently. I had to read this one comment because there's a lot of Yabra comments I didn't get to read on this episode. Um, but when I asked a question to the community about, um, has there been any big Enneagram revelations about the way that someone else is wired um, compared to you? So the way that they act or the way that they're motivated versus the way that you are. Um, and I just love how this person put the comment. Um, he said, girl, let me tell you, eights, I don't get them. They somehow, more than any other number, know how to push all my buttons. And yet I've learned to love mm. them just the same because <laughs> they have so much value and beauty to add to the world. So there's our love mm. for eights once again, which fittingly, um, we'll be talking to an eight to kick off this Convocast series next week. So that is going to be a great segue. I'll probably read that comment to him again. Um, for anyone listening, you might know who this person is because he's been featured before. <laughs> so we're going to talk to you. We're going to talk to you, Mr. I just call him Mr. Eight. He's the eight of all eights. And we're going to talk to him next week to continue this conversation. But you guys, thank you for, for coming on and just sharing some of your Enya, um, Enya experience, just this journey of self-awareness and personal growth. It's been fun to start to kick up kick open this this new series of course yeah this was this was fun for sure so much fun um if you guys have any thoughts on the enneagram 
before we really have thoughts on the Enneagram, if you want to leave some thoughts on this episode, uh, go over to our podcast episode page, yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Check out the episode 95 post on the Enneagram. Um, tell us your type. Tell us your history. I'd love to just learn how did you, yeah, how did you get connected with the Enneagram and what was like, maybe just to simplify the conversation because there will be plenty of episode posts in the future about all the specific types, but just to keep the the helicopter view of the Grand Canyon, um, what's been like your biggest takeaway, your biggest takeaway with becoming familiar with the Enneagram, um, not even necessarily your type in particular, but just in general, learning about it, listening to podcasts or taking a quiz or reading a description or learning about a wing, like what was, what's kind of your big takeaway? We talked on the episode today about empathy and understanding, which um, feel free to echo that if that applies to you. Um, but if you have any other big takeaways, I would love to hear what those are. And if you're in our Yarbers community, get ready. Get ready for lots of any questions over the next two months because I'm going to be looking for feedback um, for each of the types, starting with type eight. So if you're one of the like 3% of our community who identifies as type eight, um, look for some some feedback questions because we would love to not only have the the guest on the episode, but then also have some written feedback from other eights to kind of round out that that conversation, which I'm so excited to have. So stay tuned. And thank you, Boxes. We love you. We haven't even mentioned the Boxes in your Zoom background, Tom. They're, they're oh just gosh. offering their support. They're, <laughs> they're quiet, <laughs> they're quiet, solid presence, just, just over your shoulder I have, the whole time. I have four boxes stacked on top of each other. They're filled with Yob mugs. Big shout out to the Yob store. If you guys want to buy a Yob mug, there are literally four boxes of them in my background. And I would love to send one, send one your way. So store.yourotherbrothers.com. There's that. But yeah, I didn't even notice that. Man, from the boxes in the background to the rainbow on my shirt, like there were so many clues today that led to this conversation. I think that's just Holy Spirit. He was all over this. <laughs> PTL. PTL. PTHS. Um, we are so, so happy. Or I am. I'm so happy. I'm on cloud nine. Not cloud type nine. Just cloud nine. Good to be here with you guys. It's been good to be back. Um, stick with us. After this Enneagram series, we'll go back. We'll get to episode 100 of the Yobcast. We'll get back into a regular flow again, I'm sure. But... Um, for now, it's a summer of Enneagram joy and goodness, and I look forward to going down this journey with you guys. So that's all for today. For all your other brothers out there of all types and all stripes and all colors, um, my name is Tom. I'm Ryan. I'm Ben. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even you, type eights, you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at Your Other Brothers, PO Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. 
Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash you're the bros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.